Welcome back to another episode of Life of Brian. I'm Harrison. You are? I'm Brian, and you sound almost lifeless. So you is your energy drained? No, no, not at all. I was actually going to have a, a go at you. You seem a little bit hungover. A big night yesterday, big day. Yes, we had a function for Grimley's, of course, at the MCG, where they take their top top clients Grimley's along. Grimley's is our sponsor. Yeah. Yep. Um, they uh, take their top um, um, clients along to the MCG and provide what is a fantastic day. We turned up there yesterday. And they, were, they had 28 of their best <coughs> clients there. Um, we took them down into the change rooms at the MCG. So you organ- helped organise this Yes, function? I helped organise yeah. it. And um, and they didn't know that they were being sat in the coaches' address room down in the change rooms for any particular reason. Got them all in there. They've all got a beer or wine in hand. And then in walked the former Australian captain of some 16 years, greatest uh, Australian um, cricketer since Bradman in Ricky Ponting. Wow. He walks in. They are blown away. He then gives them a quick five-minute citation on um, on the on the baseball phenomenon that took place yeah. at the recent <laughs> Ashes tour, and said, "This is what you know. This is how Australia handled it. This is what happened." And they were all just blown away by that. And then that took about five or six minutes. And then they walked out of the coach's address room, and here was standing in front of them with an axe is um, the world champion, um, Lawrence O'Toole, famous name in, in wood chopping, of course, nine-time world champion in the discipline of the, uh, you know, cutting the log, and he's got his nice shiny axe there, and, and take your mark, three, two, one, chop, and away they go, and he yeah. chopped this log, and, you know, they could remember- This they is didn't, weird they shit. Didn't, what yeah, is going on? This they is didn't weird. know he was going to be there. And so yeah. they're given a pair of safety glasses because wood's flying everywhere. This is in the MCG change rooms. This is in the MCG change rooms. How where you get this In the rooms where Collingwood will be tonight. OH&S. <laughs> right. And, well, we had to wear glasses. You had to be 10 metres away and all of that sort of thing. And he chopped through that log in about 22 or 23 seconds or something yep. and then went off to do the Royal Show and compete for good. But um, they were blown away. People that have – when you're – when you get up close, I know it's not a sport that we all attend, wood chopping, but when you get within a few metres of a world wood chopping champion and he takes lumps of wood out with each swing the size of a, a, a meal plate with a major roast on it, that he's chunky piece He's a big burly boy. He's Lawrence. six foot six. He's got he's built like a brick shit house. He is absolutely fantastic. And that blew them away. And then they said, Right boys, we'll go up to the committee room and have lunch now and that was going to be great in itself. But before we did that, you know, we got a tour of the uh, out onto the middle of the MCG. The middle of the MCG, most people just get walk around the edge. Stuart Fox and the MCC people were very kind to us. And then up into the committee room and they were met by um, Gary Lyon and uh, Jonathan Brown and and uh, one of the best sporting journos in the country, John Anderson. So um, sat down, had a boardroom lunch and a bit of a discussion over the over – the t- we discussed everything from bloody uh, – from, you know, hockey and basketball to, to, to cricket and football in detail and they just – just loved it. And you Great. had a few coronas by the sounds. We had a few last night. We got we got home late. We went to bar. We went to bar Bambi. I'd never heard of bar Bambi, but we went to bar Bambi. Which <laughs> you were was, there with, with Tommy Sheridan. Tommy, the Ricks, we ran into Ricks Tommy crew. Sheridan, who had his Rick's sunglasses. Bloody uh, seventh birthday. Birthday, and that was fantastic. And then we went to. Uh, yeah, they would have been carrying on a mozza. Yes, they were. There were um, Jeremy Cameron was there. Uh, you know, Tommy was there. there the who's were, who? Aaron Norton was there. The who's who of AFL football were there, which was fantastic. Loving to see themselves that. sick. Loving themselves sick. Surrounding themselves. 
themselves with the necessary. And <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, Brett Grimley, the owner of Grimley's, uh, and myself and Vinny um, San Martino, who's uh, one of uh, Melbourne's leading bloody do it, movers and shakers, went to the flower drum to finish it off. So we had a, a bit rather, of fried rice. We had a bit of fried rice. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, that integrated sort of opener there. We are proudly brought to you by Grimley's, the number one source for fasteners and construction supplies. Let's just chat about, we've got a little bit of an agenda for today. We're going to talk about grand final week, grand final day, what that's like for you. Mm-hmm. And I've actually got a little dog wandering around at my feet, Hansel. He's coming today. And where Hansel is, Tanya is. So she's actually going to be our very special guest well, later on. My wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the, bizarre. That's a bit, uh, what do you call it? I don't know. It's a bit sort of in-family sort of weirdo. Yeah, well, it's the Dale. She's very important to us and she's a very um, very important aspect to the to the, the life of Brian, I she's guess. She's very nervous. She's the key cog in the life of Brian. She's very nervous. Yeah, she's sitting in the corner. we we'll put baby in the corner for the moment. <laughs> All right, get on with it. Come on, what have we got? Yes, so grand final week. Talk me through what the schedule looks like. You've obviously got plenty of caches. You love those. What is it like being in Melbourne and being sort of, you know, one of the main people in, involved in football for a grand final week? I think just being involved in the footy industry as I am, I'm just one of many, many that will – what what I'm going to outline now is is, is happening to a lot of people in, in Melbourne. It just, it's just a furious chaos. Uh, is it fun or is it just stressful? Um Look, it's fun for me because as a host of a lot of these events I'll attend over the next few days, most of them, some I'm not, just the challenge to get their function right. I mean, I never walk into someone's function, uh, you know, thinking, oh, I can't be bothered today. I walk in thinking, what? how can I make, you know, this, how can we as a group of, of the people that are there performing whatever, make it as good as it can be? So that's that's the attitude I yeah. go into these functions. So t- talk us through Monday. Well, Monday's Brownlow Day, so uh, the Dar will uh, she'll take about seven and a half hours to get ready for that, and yeah. uh, we'll, I who we'll, she's going to wear. We'll go to the Brownlow as guests of uh, of of the Seven Network, which is very kind of them to invite us along because I, I, we don't get invited. People think that you know because we're covering football, we automatically get an invitation. No, we don't. I think I've been to, I think I've been to. This might be my fourth Brownlow. Keep in mind, I've been involved at this elite level for forty five years. Mm. Right, so in forty-five years, I've been to four Brownlows. You always uh, say it's super boring, but I went with you yeah. last year. We sat with Daisy Thomas, and it was one of the funnest nights of all. I think it had a lot to do with him. Yeah, well, he Daisy, had a comment for every moment. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty entertaining. Got a good memory. So you don't automatically get invited to these things, is what I'm saying. They share yeah. it around, and you know we've got a big team at the Seven Network, so everyone's got to get a, a piece of the action at some stage. So they can't have everyone there, otherwise, that you know. Um, it'll be too difficult. Yep. So yeah, so that's on a Monday. Um, probably, probably the biggest function of the week is a function that happens every year on Grand Final Week. It's called the Carbine Club, right? Famous uh, club in Melbourne. Um, Carbine Club will attract about uh, fifteen hundred people to the Crown Palladium on Tuesday for lunch. Fifteen hundred. And and in that audience, I'm not joking. It is the most stacked audience of all functions of any football function for the year, barring perhaps the Brownlow, where it's mainly players. So, for instance, 
this is the sort of ilk that'll be in the room. You know, if, uh, you know. Previously, obviously, the passing of Ron Barassi is sad, but it's it's led by greats like him, Ron Barassi. You know, Bob Skilton. Um, Just football. No, or sports no. This general, is yeah. a broad cross section of sports. John Bertram from um, yachting. Um, you know, all the famous horse trainers are there. You the know, heavies. The, the heavies, heavies of Australian The sport. heavies are there. The motorsport guys, you know, Craig Lowndes, uh, Mark Scaife uh, are there. I'm, I'm talking the top. If you imagine the top end of every main sport in Australia, there will be representation not of mere competitors but of legends of mm. that sport. That's what the Carbine Club is all about. Sounds pretty blokey. Any females? Yes, absolutely. They're, it's it's open to both male and female. The club. A, and the club. Yeah. And, uh, and so is the event. Awesome. To book, anyone can go along. We uh, have a lot of AFLW players that go along. Um, Nicole Livingston, who's the, who's, the, who's the boss of the AFL, she'll be there. Gil McLaughlin will be there. Andrew Dillon will be there. The governor of Victoria is there. They sing the national anthem, believe it or not. Um, um, we'll do the acknowledgement to country. Abby Holmes is going to uh, so host hosting, the day with me. So you're hosting that with Abby. I'm co-hosting yeah. with Abby, yep. uh, and that's going to be fair. Eddie Maguire is going to be there to induct a couple of legends into the Carbine uh, Club Hall of Fame. Um, as I say, Hamish McLaughlin will be there to interview his brother Gil and Dill, um, which is uh, Gil and Dill. That's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, so it is a big event. Um, the Brownlow medalist will be there, given given – Keeping in mind, this is the day after the Brownlow. This is the morning after the Brownlow. Yep. So the Brownlow medalist will be there and we'll have a bit of a chat with them. So that that is a huge event. Yep. Then on Wednesday, there's a thing called the Van Sand Club, another famous club in Melbourne. Uh, predominantly, no, no, this is a broad cross-section of sports people as well. It's different. It's a bit, the Carbine Club is very um, formal, very, it's it's jacket and tie, and the Van Sand Club is probably just jacket, neat, casual, but it has an equal uh, sprinkling of legends in it and is is a lot more explosive in its nature. It's buzzing. Um, the chance of someone saying something wrong is much higher. Um, it's not as calculated and as organised as perhaps the Carbine Club, but it is a great, fun lunch. Yeah. Uh, that's on the Wednesday as well. And then, and then you know, the Thursday there's – there's a, a lot of lunches around town because th- from Thursday onwards is normally when the interstate people start to arrive in Melbourne. So those from the West, those from South Australia that have planned this at the start of the year, not knowing who to actually be in the grand final, they all start arriving on Thursday. So then there's these host of lunches around all the major hotels, uh, you know, sitting somewhere between 500 and 1,000 people. I would say in grand final week, there'd have to be 100 major functions. I would have thought going on. Yep. That doesn't happen. So does anyone pay for a lunch? That doesn't happen in the week? NRL yeah, in mates. Sydney. Um, does anyone pay for lunch? I've never heard of anyone that actually pay pays for a lunch. lunch. <laughs> I don't know how it exists. I think it's it's all generated by companies buying a table. This is how they basically mm. they buy a table of ten, and then they go that company, uh, for instance, Grimley's, will then go and find ten people and to invite them. Uh, invite them and sit them at the table. That's how all of these functions work. Yeah. A lot of them are for charity. As is the Carbine Club. Their money goes into the Victorian Institute of Sport, into the Wheelchair Foundation and all of those things. All of these companies, Van Sang, are raising – they're all charity-driven. None of them are for profit. They are all charity driven. These functions. So on Friday, is that a is that a day of rest or is that another? No, a day of rest is 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 probably the biggest formal function of the week. Is one that's at Crown Palladium. 
It's run by TLA, the management company, um, and they have the who's who of the footy world, and it becomes very footy. That's the official like That's Toyota the, AFL. Yeah, lunch. Toyota AFL um, TLA lunch. It's the official. It's the official lunch of the grand final weekend, yep. and it is massive. They pack up eighteen hundred people into Crown Palladium, uh, and it is a massive. Do you go function. to that? Are you going to that? I go to that. No. We've been to it the last couple of years. Good function. They have great entertainment there. Yeah. Um, and it's one. If you are coming from interstate, that is the one. You know, you and you can only get here Thursday, Friday. That's the one you want to go. I just hate the public holiday on the Friday. I reckon it's deadened the grand final atmosphere a bit. You know, just. Why Why the Andrews government brought in a public holiday on a Friday? Why this wasn't on a Monday if you're going to have it? Why do we need it at all is what I would say. It's bloody weird. And to me, it's stuffed, it's stuffed the parade. The parade has never been the same since we had this public holiday. They've shifted it here, there, trying to find a crowd because the, the, the grand final parade on a Friday, you know who attended that? The people that worked in the city attended that in the main. They were the ones hanging out the windows, lining the Burke Street Mall. You know the workers, and um, and and because of the public holiday, there's no workers there. There's no crowd there. So that's why we went to the Yarra to try and find a crowd there. That was a terrible idea. And now we've got the parade somewhere else, but it's not in the city because there ain't any people there. It's bizarre. Why? It's, can someone tell me why there is a public holiday? Why are you getting so worked the, up about because it? Because I'm really pissed off Who about cares? it. Who cares? It's a day off. <laughs> Yeah, see, you don't give a shit. <laughs> Put the day on another day where it, actually we can Can we get it. to the big day? Yes. Talk me through grand final morning. Grand final this morning is, just, is hectic. Yes. So I normally stay at a hotel in the city somewhere, um, and um, and we'll do that again this week. So you get up at about 7 in the morning, got to be at Crown Casino. Um, there's a breakfast, a, a major breakfast, uh, attended by 2,000 people that are all – you know when you hear about the AFL uh, have have um, on sellers that sell tickets that include Packages. a, co- a corporate like a package. package? Yeah, yep. this is a breakfast that is for the package. So most of them are from interstate, so they will arrive and as part of their grand final ticket package, they get to go to this breakfast. So most of them are from interstate, and they're on the are <coughs> they on the cans from what time? From the moment they arrive on the Thursday, but it's it's eight in the morning when we start the you know the entertainment in there, and we do a panel about eight thirty nine o'clock, and um, you know I'll be doing it I think with Hodgie and Gary Lyon and a couple of others this year, so that 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 gets underway. What time, what time does that wrap up? And I'm out of there by about um, I'm out of there by about nine thirty so nine quick nine forty five. Long breakfast. I'm only there for half yeah. an hour. The yeah. breakfast goes for a couple of hours. I'm only there for half an hour. Nine forty five. I'll jump into a car and I'll immediately drive to the MCG. So I'm arriving at the MCG around ten o'clock. Through the gates, in I go up to the commentary box. Get dressed into the suit. Um, Maybe even a bit of a makeup if I'm feeling like I'm not looking that great on that particular day. Um, and then I will sit down. This is at 10, 10.30 at my commentary desk. I'll get everything in order. Now, normally I would do this after midday for going into a 2.30 game. But I'm doing it earlier because it's grand final day. I'm getting all of my stuff organised, ready to go, make sure I, I don't have to worry about it later because I'm now going to run off at about 10.30 do something outside for our great partners, Toyota, 
and give away a couple of, I think we've got a couple of grand final tickets to give away this year, which is going to be fantastic for Toyota, um, just outside the ground. And then there's this thing called the September Club. We'll go over there and do- This is where all the major brands activate. all the major brands do their activation and have lunch over there. So we'll go over there and do a little thing over there. Uh, In between that, I'm I'm doing, you know, we're we're doing these pre-recorded segments for Channel 7 as well. So 12 o'clock hasn't even arrived yet. And you've already done three or four things. And then once sort of half past 11, 12 comes, then you start to switch on to Channel 7, prepare for grand final, um, you know, broadcast roles. Um, you might be doing a, uh, a thing from the September Club or you might be in the middle of the ground with Matthew Richardson um, talking about the day or whatever it yeah. is. Because we usually do something with Triple M. They have a live Yeah, Triple yeah. M have a live site outside the ground as well where we where we broadcast from. So that'll 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 happen as well. There'll be a fifteen minute segment there. So yeah. everyone that's on air, both for say Triple M, the people I work for, and Channel Seven, is on air somewhere on grand final day yeah. at some time. Now I want to ask you about some more specific stuff around and some memories around calling grand finals because by the way, we always get a visit around about Sometime between 12 and 1, and this is the scariest part of all. You don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. Our owner and boss of the network, Kerry Stokes, will will come and visit us in the commentary box. But because he's got an incredibly busy day. And, and what does he do when he rolls? He gives you a bit of a pep talk or is he? No, he's such a humble, nice, sort of in a way shy guy. He walks in, but we've all been told that he's coming. We all know. And you just can't wait to have a chat with him because- the guy's incredibly interesting, you know, where he's come from to be where he is to own the network. Um, one of is that sp- nerve-wracking? One of, that is nerve-wracking, speaking to the owner of the network, the guy that controls your destiny, um, the you know, billionaire that he is. Um, but in the end, he's just a great fella. Have a bit of a chat with him. He'll say good luck to you or he'll, he's, he's amazingly finger-on-the-pulse guy with anything that's going on in the world. Um, in particularly in politics, where would someone like that sit for the grand final? He, he will go down to the official lunch, which is on level two below us, behind the glass, where they always have the president's lunches down there. He will go down yep. there and watch it from there. Yeah, yep. he may be in the committee room for the MCC. See, the MCC and the AFL are two different bodies, so they invite two different lots of guests. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so he'll appear at some time, yep. some stage too. Talk me through the race and the chaos around getting tickets oh, for Grand well, Final Day. Everyone thinks they grow on trees. I mean, how many people are asking you for tickets? I, I reckon I would get, I would get probably 30, 40 requests for tickets. Um, and Anyone? There's, and there's probably another thirty or forty that don't know me that well that are thinking about ringing, but actually yeah. don't. What? So like, no one realizes we we don't have tickets. I don't have access to tickets. I get tickets because I'm an AFL member. So I've got to line up and queue up and ring up like everyone else and get a couple of tickets for that. Of course, I get my media accreditation to get myself into the commentary position. That's a natural. But in terms of other tickets, they, they, they're they as scarce as hen's teeth. They're really, really hard to get. You know, um, as a player, I think players, I was speaking to James Robottom, I think he gets maybe, I think the players as part of their agreement with the AFL get two tickets. Every player. Every gets. player in the league. So that's what, six, 700 players. That's a lot of tickets. Well, it's 1,400 tickets. Not that many. Um, you know, yeah. they put on the show. Yeah. Uh, I personally think they should get more than two tickets. I think they should get four so their mum and dads can go as well. But um, so they get they get two tickets. So it's it's you can never win. I don't know where they think we get tickets from. We don't get any. Channel 7 don't give us tickets because we are working. We are there to work. 
We're not there to enjoy. But it's incredible the um, the lack of connection in terms of the people that are asking for tickets. They could be a cousin of a cousin's yeah. brother's sister's dog who oh, wants yeah. a ticket. Uh, it's always Auntie Myrtle from Western Australia, from Donnybrook in Western Australia. You, Don- have, you haven't spoken to her for 37 and a half years. She was at the last family gathering. And she rings up and says, oh, Brian, yes, I've been meaning to ring you for the last 37 years. <laughs> and uh, you wouldn't have... And then they say, and you say to them, oh, you, you, grand final to you. Oh, look, if you could get six, that'd be good. You know, <laughs> not not one or two. If you could get six, that'd be good. Yeah. And we just don't, we're just like everyone else. We we have to, we have to find, you find a way, you know, whether it's through an AFL membership that you've got or an MCC membership if you, if you've joined in that, in that rank as well. Um, that's, that's, that's the way that we get tickets. So stop asking for tickets. So we get no tickets, no official tickets from our employers because as far as our employers are concerned, we are there to work and that's fair enough. Channel 7, Triple, we are there to work. You got your accreditation, get in there and do your job. Yep. Um, Staying on grand final day, you've always said and you've always told me that the pinnacle of what you do and it's obvious is coin grand final on the major broadcast, Channel yep. 7. Yep. Talk me through what that's like for you. So free-to-air broadcast, I think, is the – I think it's the dream. I'm guessing for other people, but I think it's the dream of every commentator to want to call a grand final on a free-to-air broadcast. So how long have you been doing it? So I've, I've been doing it for 35 years. So it's taken me – I've only been calling grand finals on seven for the last five years. So it's taken – it took me 30 years to get – in a position to get the opportunity. 30 years of apprenticeship, I'd call it, of being ready to call a big event like the grand final. So it's it's not easy. It's every commentator's dream. And so when you get there, it's, wow, you just feel so lucky that you are one of two people in the country that is there nervous energy get or is I it think the same is. as every other game? No, I think there is a little bit of nervous energy on grand final. But as soon as the game starts, you're away and you, you just go into your normal mode. But there is something about grand final day where you know it's just a bit more important. Um, and, I, and I think you just know it's a big honour. Like, you know, the network has instilled you as the person or persons or team that they want to call this Grand final. So many people watching at home. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it is amazing. You never think about the people watching um, because you, you, otherwise you probably would get a bit nervous. But you just think about doing good jobs. So, what a you know what a thrill! It's you feel like you you feel like you finally got there after so much hard work to be able to call this to to sit next to as I did in the first couple, sit next to Bruce McAvaney and call, and then to sit next to James Brayshaw, who's been in the industry for a long time and deserved his chance as well. And the others that have gone before us, you know, that have, have called all of these grand finals. And then there's the guys calling on the radio stations, which are right in the boxes next door to where we call from. We, we can see them through the glass. There will be six or seven radio stations on grand final day there with guys that have been given the opportunity to call the grand final as well. So in the case of Triple M, I think it'll be Luke Darcy and Mark Howard that'll be calling the grand final there. So it's, um, it's, it's a good opportunity. But I'm sure everyone would like to be in the position – I'm in, and that's why I never take it for granted. You hear highlights of, you know, the biggest moments in grand finals and, and it, big games generally. Do you ever think about, geez, I'd love to call, or, you know, I remember that moment when I did that great call. Is there? No, I don't ever think it's about. It's natural. I don't think about moments of great calls. I do get a bit, I do think about 
the last 30 seconds of a close grand final. What's, what's going and to be what said happens? when... Number one, are you going to be... Has the timing worked out? Because what a commentator does is we each call for what, roughly one passage of play, say from end to end, or roughly 30 seconds. That's probably about the time. And then you hand over to the... Might be 40 seconds, might be 40... And then you hand over to your partner. So so when you are getting towards the end of a grand final, I guess you, you, you're sort of thinking in your mind, do I need to have a line ready? Will you know? Will I be the last person calling? And, you know, Richmond are about to win this famous grand final, you know, 30-odd years in the doldrums. You know, what is your one line going to be before the... You know, in that 10 seconds leading up to the final siren... What is the thing that makes sense to everyone that's out there watching, you know? So talk me through when that's happened. Have you had the last call well, before? I, uh, well, I have. Yeah. Though I think it was one of the uh, – I think it was the first premiership that Richmond won in their three. 2017. I was calling with Bruce and I had the last 30 seconds and, you know, I wasn't – I, I realised I was going to be calling the last 30 seconds. So How did that come about? Did Bruce tap you on the back yeah, like no, he usually does? I, Bruce, is, he, he's got his hand on your back and that's part of the signal that – and when he pushes, it's like – Way you go, mate. <laughs> and um, he just gives you a gentle nudge. And, you know, he just wants you to have that moment. He's such a generous operator that he just wants you to enjoy that last 30 seconds. So so you then got to have a line that fits the history um, before the siren because when the siren goes, the moment the siren goes, what you, the viewer, want is for us to shut up. Yeah. Just and, see it. Just, and you just, just want to absorb the motion and just absorb the pictures that you're seeing. Like last Friday night, you know, when Carlton won, was it Friday night when Carlton won? You know, I went 10 seconds too long after the siren because I, I messed something up that I shouldn't have. And and so you just want to see the pictures at that stage. I reckon for about 30 seconds after the siren, you know. That's the elimination final we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. No, no speaking, just – let the pitchers do that. It's a really hard thing. So you've got to have everything you want to say done and dusted before the final siren. So what, that 2017 call? Oh, I can't remember the line, but I pressed the button down to the truck and Josh, our incredible statistician down there, it was a very simple line, but he gave me a line, I can't remember what it was, that summed up the last 30 years of misery basically and had turned into gold for them. So, um, you know, you just, you, you rely on your team in moments like that, there are many moments in a game where I'll I'll press the the button, the intercom, and say to Josh, Josh, how would you how would you sum up the mood of this game at the moment? And he'll give me five words or a sentence to sum it up. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a real real team effort by everybody. And one more thing before we move on to our very special guests. Yes, you were awarded life membership into the. I was yes. Uh, AFL Media Association. AFL Media Association, is that correct? Right? Yeah. What What does that mean? Well, it's the AFL Media. What do you think it means? It's, so you're a life member. What is what? What do you do with your well, life, life member? Do you get into like? Well, uh, the AFL the media. media Association is everyone that's involved in the media. You know, I think there's about fifteen hundred media Australia wide, and um, they have this. You know, it's like their sort of function to to um, to end the year. And they induct someone normally at these functions for for life membership. Someone that's and you given knew this long was service. happening. And you didn't tell any of us, as in your family. I knew it was happening manager. because I was hosting the event. And so I, you awarded yourself life membership. <laughs> I, I, I didn't nominate myself, but I certainly was there to award myself a life membership. But no, I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want anyone to know. Yeah, no one needed to know. Yeah. Hey, do you ever think? Do you about- ever say? Did you say congratulations? I didn't even get a call from can, Mrs. T to say I, I well said- done, Dale. 
God. <laughs> She's bickering in the corner. <laughs> hey, do you ever think about um, the Roman Empire? The Roman Empire? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, do you ever consider the Roman Empire? Would you ever think about the Roman Empire? In, in Haven't the given the Roman Empire one second of thoughts in 60 years. Right. What 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 sort of question is that? Oh no, it's just a it's a trend on online at the moment. You wouldn't get it, but it's just um, it's a trend online. I won't even try to explain. This is it. where <laughs> this is where your generation has gone absolutely blitzo. Like, wh- how does that make any sense to anyone out there listening? Well, it started. Yeah, for someone of your generation, they wouldn't understand. But it started with because this girl. you know what? Because I live in the world, the real world, not the world of social media, which is generated by by you guys just thinking you're more shit hot than you are. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a forum for you guys to 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 basically abuse us. Yeah, it's good. It's good fun. Ah, uh, yes, half time in this episode of The Life of Brian. Now, I'd like to give this message. I'd like the opportunity to talk about our great friends at Grimley's, the number one source for fasteners and construction supplies in Melbourne. If you're on a construction site and need product urgently, then you can count on Grimley's Direct. Getting your orders to you on time, every time at speed with our fleet of Grimley's vans and trucks direct from us to you. It's that simple. Grimley's has been in the game for more than 30 30 years earning a reputation built on grit, determination, and a focus on delivering the best sourced fasteners and construction supplies with a whatever-it-takes type attitude. Uh, whether it's a large commercial job, a small domestic little project, hardworking tradies need the right products at the right time. Grimley goes above and beyond to deliver on the details. Grimley's always aims for the best solutions to your products. Go to grimleys.com.au for delivery that you can count on. All right, come on, Dale. In you come. Oh, well, you haven't got She's stuff got written down. No. <laughs> She's got notes. Oh, you haven't got stuff no, written no, no. down. No, because you remember the story. I know the story, Dale. I don't need okay. your notes. You haven't written stuff no, down. No, I know the Harrison. What was the Roman stuff about? Stupid kids. It was so there's, there was this viral TikTok. I, I guess this girl has a bit of a following, um, and she asked her boyfriend if, she ever th- if he ever thinks about the Roman Empire. And he was sort of like, oh, yeah, once a week or twice a week or whatever. And then it just sort of built into all these girls asking their partners or friends because they're baffled as to why guys think about the Roman Empire. Like, do you know when you're like, I might think about it once a week, like, oh, like, look at this drainage. (laughs) Is that right? It's about building. It's about building. Put your efforts into making money. Like the inventions and sort of exploits of the Roman Empire. See, I think more of Greek. Romans. Anyway, we don't need that. I don't discussion. know. All right, well, we're back here, and I'm just still pondering the Roman Empire, something I've never thought about. And then um, our next guest, my wife, Tanya, said, no, Brian thinks about the Incas. I don't think about the Incas, darling, unless I actually go to um, Machu Picchu, and uh, that then I might think about them. Hello, and welcome to you. Thank you. That's all right. Come, come in close to that microphone. Um She's a little shy. Tanya no. is This is the Dal. This is the Dal. So yeah. your da- mother. My mother. Yep. Welcome, Dal. Thank, Thank you, you so much for your time. Um, Unusual that we'd have family on. What What have we got Tanya on about today? What We're just going to talk about you and the, the two of you, I think. I think there's a bit of background that needs to be sort of settled and f- figure out a little bit more as to who you are oh, in, in real life rather what than BT, the commentator. Nonsense. Yeah. So- the reason we refer to you as the Dal is Brian often 
used to say when we were kids, you know, oh, Dal, oh, can you get me, you know, can you do a cup of Dal or can you get me this Dal? And then one of our brothers, Jordan, ended up just calling you to the Dal. So you now do. you're officially the Dal to us. But um, you look, you're looking lovely. Dal. Who are you wearing? Pink. <laughs> she's wearing a, she's wearing a jumper. <laughs> she's not one of those girls that goes to the Brownlow on the rotisserie. But she's usually wearing something like a, a Prada or a Gucci no, or a, an animal fur. I don't like fur though. Yes. So Agreed. have you been listening to this podcast? Yes, I have. What are you? What, what's what are your thoughts? What's your recommendations? Well, I think it covers a lot of different people. Yeah. Not all of it. Who's been your fa- Who's been your favourite guest? Uh, I haven't got a favourite, but my biggest surprise was um, Maddie Keenan. No, he was interesting. But, yeah, but I'm not into bikes, as you know. Um, was Taylor? Taylor Harris. Yes, yes. Why was I, she a big surprise? Um, she was a big surprise because she was actually a lot more fun, a lot more giving than I thought she'd be. I just yeah found her quite. Very friendly, very charming. Yeah, well, it's the classic case, never judge a book by its cover. Correct. You correct. do say that. And you yeah. are full of wives' tales like that. I am. Yeah. I am. But, yes, She's, I did find her very enlightening. Tanya is the queen of of wives' tales, isn't she? She's of, the queen of so many things, but wives' tales is definitely one of them. <laughs> she is yes. the queen of wives' tales. Some of and the they're stuff, true. Uh, give, give us one. you got one off the well, top. Well, if you've got a star in your eye. A you star get, in your eye. Yes, which yeah. is normally in the corner of your eye. Yeah. You get a gold wedding band and you put it in your eye and it'll go away. What? <laughs> See? And what about the warts? You get a warts? Fresh, fresh piece of steak. Who's you had rub warts? It on your warts? And you bury it and tell no one where you put it and your warts go away. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, moving. Who's got warts? <laughs> moving on the two of you. There's um, a lot of people wouldn't know this, but you guys are polar opposites. Like you're pretty much yin and yang. Before I get into the yin and yang and the differences between you, I wanted to find out how you guys met or where you met. Uh, yeah. You can tell the story together if you to want to. No, no, we don't need to tell the full story. We met, we met in 1986 yep. in Perth. I was playing a game over there where Victoria were playing WA. Which were huge in those days. Which was, you know, a state of origin game. So they were big games. They were huge games. And they played on a Tuesday, I think, from memory, midweek. So you'd play the weekend, then you'd go and play the state game. And uh, we played uh, WA. And uh, Tanya happened to be the um, travel agent for the AFL at that particular time that was leading the tour. You were working for Jetset, Tanya? Correct. Yes, yes. So I only ever travelled on the... State squads, which were huge in those days. Um, so I was already over there on a conference, so I met the team when they arrived in Perth Airport. And um, So what were your first impressions of Brian? Um, so you met at the hotel or the airport? Or? No, well, I didn't meet him at the airport. I saw him at the airport, obviously, because yeah. I saw them all. But um, he actually... Um, rang me in my room. <laughs> oh, we don't need the detail. <laughs> asked me if I'd go for a drink and I said no. Well, how did he get your number? D- oh, boy. Well, it was Football on the was... on the itinerary. What? My so room? you spotted her and you said, that is a lie. I'm going to give her a ring. Hang on. You would not. Hang on. You would not. The, uh, the, the girl that's running the travel, obviously in case you've got an emergency, you've got to ring someone. Yeah. The and number you, had was... an, you had an emergency. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were no mobiles in those days. You're a liar. <laughs> anyway. Um, Anyway, so we had a conversation, obviously, and he asked me if I had a boyfriend, and I said yes, and I asked if we had a girlfriend, and he said oh, no. Tanya, we don't need to go at all. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, and, and anyway, I thought, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so there, there was two other Collingwood players in that team, which was um, 
uh, Banksy and um, Darren Malone and Dennis Banks. And I must have had a word to Darren and he said, oh, yeah, he's got a girlfriend. He lives with her. So he's just lied to you. So he's just lied. I go, oh, you little shit. I'm not ever talking to you again. So I didn't. (laughs) I left it at that. So I left WA not saying another word to him. And, of course, he must have thought I was a bit of a mad girl. But anyway. I think I got your tickets to the game, actually. uh, Why would you you get me tickets to the game when I was already there and I was was with the AFL? As if I needed you as a contact. Anyway, move on. So anyway, then um, he was – of course, knew where I worked, so he rang, but I wouldn't take his calls because I really wasn't very fond of football. He was pretty interested mad. by the sounds. Well, yeah. anyway, and then a few weeks later, I was at a game and I was coming through the car park and he ushered your, me. Your mother, my grandmother, is a Collingwood supporter, Correct. so she knew who Brian was. You, yeah, you but I wasn't really, with her that yeah. day. We were, we were at Waverley Park. You know but how she always wears something with yeah. a brand on her? Look, yeah. she's got Gucci uh, sunglasses, <laughs> Gucci sunglasses. reading glasses. Anyway, so anyway, um, good to Must see you expensive. know the brands, love. Um, so, but about four months or five months before that, mum had a box at Victoria Park. Dad had a business box. So I went to a game. A corporate box, yeah. A corporate box. Anyway, I went to a game and I really wasn't interested. I don't even know why I was there. Anyway, I had I wanted to leave because I was seeing someone or but you, whatever. But you know what, she couldn't. And it was, three, it was like three-quarter time and mum's going, don't leave yet. How many did this guy, kick? This guy will kick another goal, another couple of goals. And he'd already kicked seven or eight at that stage. I'd go, oh, I have to really Pretty see impressive. him. Watch him. I think I kicked ten yeah. that day. Yeah. So I was sort of like, and that was like a- <laughs> So she was hooked. A very foggy memory <laughs> of cut. him, annoying foggy memory of him, um, that I sort of remember you vaguely yep. because you, but I anyway, couldn't leave. Anyway, after the so, interstate game, yes, we're back in so Melbourne. So then I he found saw me in the car park. Said, "Oh, hi, hi, how are you? Uh, can we go to Dakes's pub? We're all going to Dakes's pub. Will you come?" I go. No, no, I don't think so. I had a girlfriend there. She said, and he said, my car's just there. Will you come? I go, no, no, no. Okay, we will come, but I'm going in my girlfriend's we car. I'll follow detail. you. Move on, Doc. Anyway, yes. Move so on. we get there. He drops me off after that, that night. Matter. Back home where mum and dad are. Next morning, he's knocking on the door. He's been to footy training. bloody map. And he's like a stalker. And uh, freak. then he was anyway, hanging about so we moved a couple on. of days, yep. anyway. a couple of weeks. And, and so you folded eventually. <laughs> <laughs> he he moved out from the girlfriend. Yes. And uh, sent flowers for my birthday in August. Yeah. And the last time she got flowers. Within, we were just, engaged just, within six months. Yeah. So just Sorry, to, six weeks. Just to summarise what you just said. So you, I'm going to give you a brief synopsis of the timeline. Yes. You met. Yep. He had a girlfriend. Yes. And from the day you met, six weeks later you were engaged. Correct. For two weeks of that six weeks, we were not. Didn't he was still living with a girl. <laughs> no, I wasn't. He no, was. I wasn't. He, I was, immediately, he said he was sleeping on the couch. Yeah, anyway. yes. but nothing was going on between no, you two during that not. time. He's getting very embarrassed, which is great. Yes. <laughs> I never, see, never <laughs> seen him like this. Nothing it's quite, it's I quite enjoyable. Ne- didn't even kiss All him right. goodnight. Nothing. Don't, don't yeah. put- but anyway, and then after the six weeks, you guys were engaged, and you said, you know, let's get on with it. I don't want a long engagement. You were married within six months. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Well. It takes me six weeks to talk to a girl, and you're married within six months. Everyone in your circles would have thought Look, Harrison, this will never last. What you it? will learn in the in the coming years as a single man yourself, you will learn that there are good ones and you know and there are risky ones. <laughs> I got a good one. You right? did. And How there, long are, you been there are for? not many good ones in the world. And okay. I happen to get a good one. We've been married for thirty two 
37 years. You were going to go up to 37. 37 years we've been married. And, and what's my date of birth? I know you're in August, but that's. Yes. I think yes, you're either the 16th, 17th, or 18th. Which one is it? All right, I'm going to go the 17th. Yes. Very yeah, there good. you go. Very impressive. What's my birthday? No idea. Oh of my month. God, it's so Aren't easy. Aren't you a Halloween or something? Yes. Yeah. What's that, October 31? Yes. Yeah. Oh, very very impressive. And but what's our anniversary? January. It was hot. We got married on a day that you can't forget. Oh, yeah, Australia Day, too. We did, too. Yeah, so the anniversary is Australia Day. And he still forgets every year. Yeah. You might get can- your, your anniversary might get cancelled. You know, one of the things that I learned about getting married on Australia Day was for all those people out there thinking of getting married, do not have a wedding on a public holiday weekend. It's so selfish. It is selfish beyond belief. And particularly those that want to have it on the Monday, if it's a public holiday, because that means they have to wait all weekend and bugger up their long weekend away. It is so selfish to have. Those sort of things. So you're a selfish man back then. Well, I didn't think of it, but I learned from it. Back on the early stages of your relationship, um, and it all happening so quickly, you guys probably wouldn't have even gotten to the bottom of the both of you. Like you two are interested in totally different things. In fact, you're not really interested in anything. Mum's, you know, interested in music and culture and arts and stuff. Well, I'm you're- I'm interested in tools and farming and cows and tractors and diggers, so don't say I'm not interested in I mean, in she's, a, she's a private school girl from Altham. I'm from Pinjarra High, you know, government school. <laughs> she's, you know, trained in, you know, reasonable etiquette. I, I'm you're, still, you're still trained. No, no etiquette. No <laughs> etiquette What all. are his table manners like? Disgusting. What do you mean? They are disgusting table manners. Why? Because I do what? What? Well, you, you you lick your knife, you lick your plate. Oh. You don't use things. You you soup. Well, you've been, he's been eating it, soup. He's been eating soup lately, and he slurps. It's to, you know you're supposed to use your spoon and pour it in. And he's and I go. Do you need a slurp? Yes. <laughs> Every spoonful's like that. It's torture. <laughs> anyway, move on. What else are we doing? Well, we're still going on that. What about the cooking? Is he no? No. Would never know where the saucepans are. Dal, dal. I'm pretty good. I no, can you're do, not good I at can all. Do, I cut you, up fruit and stuff. You don't even do the barbecue at home. No, I do the barbecue. Everyone else does the barbecue. <laughs> he's he's not very good in the kitchen. Let's yeah. just say it how it is. And another yin and yang. So you're into you know herbal remedies yeah, so and I, stuff like that. Herbal medicine. You just want a yeah, pill yoga. that's the easy fix. He's Western <laughs> medicine full on. Panadine for it. Anything that will kill it. Right now, he'll have it. <laughs> He's not spiritual or religious. You're nah, into nah, your, you I'm know. the white witch. I'm into my zodiacs and my afterlife <laughs> yeah. and my witching. <laughs> Can you give us a little bit of a – you're into astrology. Give, is there, have you read your star sign today or – No, I don't do that daily. No, 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 no. No. No, no. Well, the, the actual the, – the, it's the alignments re- changed actually because the, the earth is – <laughs> the, the actual Let it go. This is an astrology slightly. corner with Tanya so Taylor. the zodiacs they say that are the zodiacs now – are not true. They're in or out by a couple of days now because the Earth has See, moved. See, this is what – Isn't that so, what the rising signs are? Yeah, so you've got rising signs. So you could be on a cusp or you could be a rising so sign. So what are you? So I'm a Leo but my rising rising sign Virgo, so therefore that's where I get that fussy bit coming from. Where's, what's he? <laughs> He's a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> what's his star sign? He's an Aries, stubborn. Oh, my God, stubborn. But he's a baby at the same time. Uh, Aries are the baby of the Zodiacs. Are you guys so supposed to be compatible or no? Uh, well, my mum did say when I met Brian, if you want fire, he's your man. 
So he's fire. 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 He, yeah, he is a pyromaniac. Yes, he's a pyromaniac. <laughs> but yeah, he's um, uh, he's very strong. Right. Talk me through his um his pain tolerance. Zero. Zero. High. Zero. Zero pain oh, I've tolerance. I've had my leg sort off for a knee yes, replacement. You, what have you well, had done? Anyone can do that. But the painkillers, it's the painkillers that make survive, you know, that's how you survive. And the last one he had his knee cut off to have his this knee is replacement. This is a while ago now. Yes, I remember this. Yes. Ten years he, ago, but I, I refused to sleep with him, so I put a mattress on the floor in the lounge room. Um, and one day we went out there, you know, you're in one of those <laughs> caves. Well, he, has, he has nightmares <laughs> because so he's you're on stuck the in a cave. He's yeah. stuck in a cave. And like mum literally, so he'll be having a nightmare and he'll be communicating. He's often talking about Ryan, our eldest brother. He's like, no, nah, you, you can't go that way. You can't go that way. you yes. got to go this way. Get, yeah. And mum starts talking to him. Mum's awake and Brian is still in the dream, the nightmare, the cave nightmare. Well, and yeah. mum starts talking him out yes. into the lights. Yes. <laughs> I've even had him standing. I've witnessed this. Yeah, it's yeah. the scariest I've thing in the world. I've even had him standing on top. On the bed, yelling, and I just talk to him, and he, you know, come back, come this way, you got to come this way, and I hold his hand, and I get him back into bed. And <laughs> honestly, you deserve more credit. You put up with some serious <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, another thing that I've noticed recently, so you're a big hogger of the TV, and you watch absolute trash. We've discussed that before. Mum now sits next to you in the lounge room. She does, she has headphones on and watches the iPad. Yes. What, what's going on there? Can't well, we because, just settle on a TV show to watch together? Well, sometimes we do. The news we'll watch together. <laughs> <laughs> but the sport part of the news we'll watch together. And then she drifts off into the crap she watches and I watch stuff that I I can advance myself with. So what, what, the, deadliest, the deadliest catch. Yeah, educational uh, stuff. Uh, gold Rush. Um, that's not education. You know, Rust Valley, restoring old cars and stuff. Like that's You've never restored a car in your life? No, but it, you learn little tricks of the trade and stuff. And uh, What tricks of what trade? You don't you even open the bonnet Well, you know anymore. all those things I fix at home for you when you say, can you fix that's, the cupboard? Can you fix the washer and the tap? Can you fix the hot water service? Can you're you fix the gas? You're a plumber. And I fix all and of those things. And a very bad things. one at that. So, well, I find it very uncomfortable when I come home. And I'm trying, they're trying, you know, I'm, I haven't seen you guys for a little while and I sort of want to have a chat and we watch the TV. You're obsessed with your crap shows and you've got your headphones on. Oh, I'm I'm like, really why am I here? That's Talk about routine. my that's generation our, and technology. You guys that's are. That's our routine. Worse. We're, we're, well, we're just, I want you to think of this. I want you to think. I won't. So at seven o'clock at night, we get to watch you two, get to two hours you of TV, right? You, you sit and you, watch TV all day. And you say, we don't talk to you. You have been all day on your phone, on social media. I'm working. And your brother's sitting there like bloody robots looking at Jesse, social media and not communicating with us. Don't talk that nonsense Jesse's to us. A, Jesse's in a TikTok trance. He's in a TikTok trance, TikTok this, TikTok that. <laughs> TikTok. Um, you're very sporty. Yeah. Obviously, you're a former league footballer and Mandra Sportsman of the Year. Yeah, Tanya. Mandra Junior Sportsman of the Year. Yeah, Tanya, nicknamed Tangles by her family, so she's not well, Tanya, super athletic. Tanya, she didn't come completely clean with us as a family. About uh, her sporting until about, Hang on, Tan, until about a year ago. She said for 35 years she kept saying to us, I played state netball. It's fact. Right? She it's said fact. That. Yep. And, and, you know, we're going, Jesus, you don't look like you played state netball because you trip over your own toes when you're going out the door. Anyway, we thought this is strange. And eventually she was in the car and we're driving back from the airport and we're going past the state netball centre. 
And um, we said, that's where, you know, the Dale played uh, state netball. And then she said, no, I played at the state netball centre. <laughs> so she just played domestic league Yeah, netball. she played D-grade or Z-grade at I the state netball centre. But she conveniently, it wanted us to believe she played state netball, not at the state netball centre. When we were centre. talking about getting her on this podcast the other day, I said that to her. I said, I'm going to bring that up. And she said, oh, well, I did ride for the state in horse yeah, riding. Yeah, she was an incredible horse rider. So is that real or did she no, just ride real. within the state of no, Victoria? she's got ribbons everywhere. Oh, no, I haven't. They're in a box. Yeah, and, you, and you're um, still into your horses? You don't... No, I've, I've You had a horse retired. that lived how long? Duchess? How old Duchess, was Duchess? 37 when she passed away. That seems that's really a, long yeah. for a that's horse. That's a good innings. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a good innings. She was the love of my life. We had to bury Duchess in the end, <laughs> yeah. so it was a sad day. I had her before any of you. Yeah, wow. It's incredible. Um... So Tanya was from Eltham, yeah. and Eltham was like a little country sort of village in those days, so you could almost ride the horses down the main street. Just about. Yep. Yeah. And you got into horse riding as, as a I result? I got into horse riding because she taught me how to ride the horse. Well, it must have been a strong horse. It was yeah. a strong horse. We had a couple of very strong horses. Jack. <laughs> Jack was beautiful. Was it Jack? Jack. Yeah, Jack was yeah. the, the, Charlie the, or the brown no, horse, no, and we had the black horse, yeah, he, Charlie, he, he who was part He got Clyde. colic, yeah. Um, you've got some major... Gripes with Tanya around her her fluffing, and and the pillows. Well, pillows. Well, what do you reckon the over and under for pillows at, at your house in? Well, I think we have at home. It's I think over we 100. over a hundred cushions yep. in our house. Over a hundred. I went to count them. Over a hundred cushions. When I go to bed, I I I, I literally go to war. With the cushions to get in, <laughs> and it, it's a fifteen. What's with the cushions? It's Dale? a fifteen-minute dress them. down I to get into they're bed. Great accessories, and they they just make it look good. You're very style. You've got a great eye for decor. She would be good on interior the, designing on the block or something because she's oh, a God, real no. fluffer. But with, with all that fluffing comes a lot of oh. price tags. Yeah, and and just and just you can't you can't not let her sit down on the couch because she just fluffed it. Yeah, you're not allowed to sit down in the chair because she's just swept it. You're not allowed to into that room because she just mopped it. You're not allowed to uh, prepare some food at the sink because she just cleaned it. Uh, this is the she's problem. She's very, very clean, and yeah. it makes the house look awesome. But she it can does. get pretty frustrating. We're very lucky to have a clean house because when I come in here to this studio, to um, where are we? Dills and friends Producey. here. Producey. The bloody mess in here is unbelievable. It's not that bad. Tanya walked in today. You know, first thing she said to me. I can tell it's all just about all male in here because <laughs> it is so bloody filthy. You, I never said that. Oh, I, I never said it was bloody oh. filthy. All I said is you can tell males live here. That's all I said. That's all I <laughs> Another a, a gripe. He may have a gripe with the pillows. I've got a gripe with you cleaning before the cleaners come. Yes. What, oh, what is with God. you and that? Well, I don't really clean properly. I just Yes, you do. I you mop the things. floors before the cleaners I do get not there. Mop the floors. I just get everything you out of the way. You kick us out of the house before the cleaners get there because you go down and wipe the sinks and wipe everything. But do I wipe is the this, sinks every day anyway? What is the point of having the cleaners? Is that normal? Come? Like, do other mums do that? Yeah, I know people that do that. Anyway. You do? Yes, I do. The cleaner doesn't you talk come. talk about it with your friends? <laughs> yes, the cleaner's only about once every now and then. It's not often. Yeah. yeah. Um, fur coats. How many fur coats do you reckon you have? I don't know. And what animal species have you? No, Take I it. don't have any. <laughs> well, you've got a rabbit and a fox. Yeah, but I don't have any, you know. Polar bear. You got don't a polar have any bear bears coat. or stuff like that. But no. you got you got a you got a fair bit of you got a sizable wardrobe. Actually, no, shoes. your wardrobe has she, gone she into, the into three Marcos. other wardrobes in the yeah. house. Yeah, you no, take only up three rooms. Only one other. Yeah, and they're big wardrobes. Yeah. She's Imelda Marcos with the yeah. shoes. Do you know who Imelda Marcos is? 
person who used to wear shoes. Yeah, she was the wife of the Prime Minister of uh, Malaysia. Malaysia. Uh, I think it was Malaysia. Yeah. And she had, uh, you oh. know, they were corrupt over there. Yes. And she had a, basically a whole house full of shoes. Right. When they uh, found it. So yeah. who are, you, are you going to the Brownlow? Who are you wearing to the Brownlow? Um, I'm, I'm actually going to recycle one. Recycle, as mm. in like lawn op shop? No, not quite that. <laughs> no, uh, a dress I've already got, yes. Well, give us a brand. I'm not giving you brands. It doesn't matter. She doesn't gonna... care about brands. Tanya and I, when we go to the Brownlow, you don't want to walk on the red carpet, do you? No. She, you know you're forced to walk on the red carpet. You mm. really is no other. There used to be a back door in. I don't think there is anymore. But I hate going on the red carpet. I think it's unfair for women if they don't want to go on the red carpet. Yeah. Do you know when you're in primary school and you do the um, sort of projects where you're like, this is my heritage and where you say, you know, we're fairly- Like a family tree. Yeah, like a family tree. You know, I'm Caucasian. I knew that you, you and your family were sort of Australian mainly, bit of English, bit of German blood. And then mum, I asked her, you know, what's your family tree like? It was sort of all Irish, a bit of Scottish, bit of English. A couple of years ago, your sister, who has the same blood as you, went to one of those DNA, Ancestry.com. And what, what were the results of that? And what? Well, she actually wanted to be an American Indian. I don't know where that was going to be. <laughs> she wanted to be an American yeah, Indian. Thought, I'm going to be American and Indian. And she thought she was going to. As you, she was positive she was going to be. <laughs> Didn't come out. Um, but we've actually got more like 63% French. And uh, So how does that get nonsense. past well, the family tree? Because your dad did a fairly extensive No, nonsense. we did find out on my French, dad's mate. side. There, there is French. We she find is so out. desperate to be attached to European in Europe in some way. I, it's got nothing to do with me. I know. I didn't you're do so the desperate DNA. to have European blood in you. Because we've all got European it's blood the in us. That's romantic culture. You're, you've got German in you. We've okay. all got European blood know, because we come is, from there. But yours has got to be French or Italian because they're seen as superior people. It's nonsense. But, I don't know where you get that all from. These, when we're on Europe, all she's been begging you to take her to Europe for yeah. for years. Yeah. Well, I don't, what, he's not in, well, I've done Europe, but he's not interested in Europe. He likes America. I'm not interested in Europe because I'm, I, I feel like I'll see that many bloody museums and stone walls and churches that that's all you'll see. I think America's got a bit You're more. I particularly like area. South America because Shelter. I like when I go on holidays to go on an, an adventure, not a holiday, an adventure. And that's what you get in South so America. So we don't have holidays, we have adventures. So therefore you come back exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was, there's a story that you tell sometimes, Dad, about when you were a plumber and um, obviously it was 90s, 80s, and you had just the one van and you used to call out the, you know, oh, you get a call in and you're oh, yeah, van number seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the, on the plumbing van, I thought you've got to sound big. So I only had one van, little Mazda van, but I had I think I had van 61 written on it to, to let people know that I had <laughs> at least six. Did you have a Collingwood magpie on it as yeah. well? Just a bit of branding. <laughs> to, to let people know I had at least 61 vans. <laughs> <laughs> and when people would ring up and they'd say, look, my, my hot water um, system has just broken, the carpets are getting wet, and they'd want me to come urgently, I'd say, look, hang on a minute, I'll see if I can get on the two-way radio, and they would be able to hear. I'd say, Van 63, are you there? No. Van 34, are you there? Van 26, are you there? There'd be no answer. And so I'd go back to the people and say, no, look, I'll have to come myself <laughs> tomorrow. Everyone's – all 61 vans <laughs> And are they busy. would say to me, but haven't you got 24 hours written on your van? i say, yeah, but – 
that doesn't really mean 24 hours. <laughs> that means when I'm ready. That's a marketing ploy. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, so when you retired, you're working pretty hard. You're working multiple jobs. Mum, you were working as a travel agent still at the time. What was Ray Quincy's? Because I hear that name come up a lot. That was the motorbike shop you're yes. working at. Yeah, worked there for a little while in between, um, uh, trying to fill the gaps going from selling my plumbing business to media, media full time. There needed to be a few gaps filled, and that's where the motorbikes. So you were working in sales? I have a love of motorbikes, um, working in sales with Ray Quincy. Ray Quincy was a great Australian Grand Prix racer. Right. Um, at the, uh, and, and tragically, he had an accident in Belgium in the rain and became a paraplegic as a result of that. But the amazing thing so was So he wasn't him, riding motorbikes. He wasn't actually. riding. But the amazing thing is he was selling motorbikes out of a wheelchair People to mums, mums and dads <laughs> would come in. He was the best salesman. Mums and dads would come in and say, I want to buy a bike for my son. And then they'd say, well, how did you end up in the wheelchair? Oh, I had a motorbike accident. And, the, and he'd still sell <laughs> still them a motorbike. motorbike. It yeah. was unbelievable. He was such a great salesman. And the Quincy famous uh, famous name in Australia for Australian motorcycle racing. So, yeah, got to work there for a while with Paul Tudnam, um, which was uh, fantastic. And, Dale, you are telling me a story about what Brian did for Ray maybe later on that you went for a ride to Queenscliff or something? Oh, yes, yes. So um, Ray and Francesca came down to Queenscliff and stayed the weekend and, um, of course, they drove down and Brian rode one of Ray's bikes. Um, And as everyone knows, Brian drives really fast. Anyway, we got to Queenscliff and Brian kept saying to Ray, I'd love to take you for a ride. Um, Because he hasn't been on a bike since his accident accident, 30 years before. So they sort of had a chat for half an hour about how we're going to do the logistics, la, la, la. So they basically put him on the bike on his own and, um, you know, strapped his legs to it and – so, so he right. got hockey so, straps, strapped yes. his legs to the foot pegs. So, Brian, so then Brian – Remember, um, we're, he, ran, so did you say he's a quadriplegic? No, no a para- 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 Remember, yep. we're talking about one of Australia's great motorbike riders. This would have been quite something for but him hasn't, to pull it off. But hasn't yes. been on a bike for 30 years. So he put him on the bike and so Brian's holding the bike and then then he sort of takes pushed off and off. Uh, pushed him off and, and Brian sort of yelling. Took off in second gear. Ray, do not go fast. I'm going to run with you. Because he was a maniac, yes, Ray. He, he was, just had those yes, eyes. eyes that, you know, give me give me some – And you know what he did? Some revs. Within yeah, yes. 10 metres of being pushed off in second gear, you know what he did? Hasn't ridden for 30 mm. years. This is a, an, a GSX-R1100, a big, powerful bike. He put it on the back wheel and wheel stands away, right? And I'm thinking- On purpose, no, on purpose. not an accident. No, no, on yeah. purpose. And I'm thinking, Jesus. So he went around the block at Queenscliff. But at Queenscliff, there was a little, there's a little bit of sand because the, you've got the bitumen and then you've got sand on either side. And, and they're quite really? slippery, the roads, when you come to the intersections. And so all I was listening for was the noise of the bike right. because when it got out of sight, I just wanted to make sure the bike was still running because the moment I couldn't hear the noise, that, gonna... that, that meant he'd fallen yeah. off. And we hadn't given too much consideration to anyway, I'd hear as he went around the, you know, through the, you know, the whole thing. And uh, he'd come around, got around the block. Thank goodness. And I thought, shit, how are we gonna how are we gonna stop him? Because he can't really you know, if he stops, he'll just fall off. Yeah. Um it's so, really so we've got to be there to yeah. catch him as well. And uh, it was one of the great things to see. So we eventually caught him and, That's and he really went around. Special. Yeah. He he was shaking. He was out of this world. That was the first Adrenaline. time he'd been able to get on a bike or that someone had bothered to go to the trouble to make it happen and make it work. Uh, albeit that it was his bike anyway, and he owned it. 
Um, but he was he was blown away. We were blown away, and uh, that and cool. so then he got really excited. And then you even had the conversation about should I go on the back of the oh, pile? Oh, yes. I'm telling the story. Oh, can I should tell I, this? Oh, you've forgotten. I know. Yes, so do I. So uh, should we? Should I ride home with you? So Ray on the back? Yes. And, From and, Queensland and, to Melbourne. I'll ride and, and you should come on the back And then Brian's me. going, oh, God, that's a bit dangerous. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, they, they decided not to go ahead with it. It was maybe a little bit too dangerous. Couldn't get the hockey straps around. Right. Though. So And guess what happened uh, two on, hours so, later? So about... 10 k's out of uh, out of Queenscliff, my horse has been adjusted. So I've gone there on my way home and Brian's going to come and meet me there. So he's on the bike. He's on, on the, the bike, bike yeah. and I've driven the car. So uh, And you've got to do a right-hand turn to the driveway. So can I take it over Yes, you can me? take it from here. So Tanya's got a right-hand indicator on to turn off a two-lane highway into the farm. I've... I've pulled up behind her with a right-hand indicator on as well. Tanya takes the right-hand turn into the farm. I I go to take the right-hand turn into the farm and a car from behind travelling in the same direction as us has has overtaken me and hit me in the back of the motorbike, sent me flying, parts and bike going everywhere. Now – how fast was the car going? The car was going about 70 or 80 k's an hour, you quite alive? fast. I got launched quite a way. If Ray Quincy had been on that bike, It'd as a parap- it would have been an absolute mess. I mean, I got skin taken off me absolutely I everywhere. How have I not heard this? Uh, I was wearing shorts <laughs> as well on this particular thing, but I got launched about 10 or 15 metres in the air Jeez. as a result of being hit in the back tyre, which suddenly pushed the bike and pushed me and threw us over off the edge of the highway. So the bike was a write off and it was a complete, complete disaster. But Ray would, could have been on that bike. Luckily, Jesus. luckily he wasn't. So that yeah. was my only my only bike accident. Yeah, you're an extremely impatient person, and mm. Tanya, you're the you know, the epitome of patience, calm, cool, collected at all times. There was um, a story when we went to Disneyland in 2013. We had a minivan, an eight seater minivan. Yes, and we went to Disneyland, <laughs> and the Brian, the way he is, and like it's he's horrible to travel with, but he's also great to travel with because you're the first there, and you're at the line. So we and we, we park at the we don't park five miles away. So, so we pile in the minivan. Yeah. We pile in the minivan at fucking five a.m. Yeah, because yeah. we're gonna be first. We're the gonna gate. be the first at Disneyland. The gates open at eight. Take it away yeah. from here. And, yeah, uh, yes. and we're going down Anima, Anaheim Highway, and uh, you know we're getting the instructions, and no one quite knows where we're going, but we're gonna get there. Early, so we arrive. We arrive at um, at Disneyland, and the car park's massive. It's 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 acres and hundreds and hundreds of acres, and it's empty because it's and now five thirty. Because now it's now six thirty in the morning for the eight o'clock open. We're there quite early. <laughs> anyway, there's a guy with some witch's hats there trying so to. So you know, in the he's distance, just sitting up. In the di- <laughs> no, in the distance, you could see that there's parking for buses. Yeah. Right, and and, and it's so front row. It's a row. long way away, but front it's, row. And it's, it's like right VIP near the parking. Yeah. So he's going. I'm going there because I'm driving a bus. Yes. Yeah. So oh, and then he, he's there's cones out, you know, just to manoeuvre people in the right direction. Anyway, and then there's a security guy, and and so he decides in his wisdom to just keep keep going, going. not even stop the security. over the cones and over the cones. So then we get <laughs> Don't two ask questions. Then we get two cones lodged under the and, under and the van. Dragging <laughs> These idiots from Australia in this minivan. And we're heading towards the main gate. Anyway, we arrive at the main gate 
um, with with the cones still under the bus, and we're parking at the bus thing, and, and all says, of a sudden we got surrounded by police cars. He goes, no, and he says, and all those little security cars come, and he says, "Quick, everyone, get out, jump out, quick, 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 lock up, and we'll go." <laughs> we're parking here, <laughs> but the, we couldn't get in the gates because the gates were locked. It was not open yet. And then you'd also, you can imagine what chaos we're going to oh. do at the park. We're not even in, in the, the park, park yet. Yeah. You've organised these front of the line passes yeah, for front us. Line passes, so yeah. we're all there, and you know, with the front of the line pass, you obviously go skip the line yep. and you go fr- straight to the front. No one is there. We don't need the front of the line. We're doing every ride before anyone's even we there. We have done every ride before 9am. <laughs> we were out so, of there by 10, did I reckon. We, didn't we go to, into one of those simulated sort of space ones and, 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 and he was going to vomit, so yeah. he presses the alarm that, button. Going back to the <laughs> cave nightmares, he couldn't handle it. I pressed the emergency exit button. And he said, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, I had to get out of there. Yeah. All right, time to wrap this up. It's been great. I keep going. <laughs> uh, no, if you've got one more, but that's about it. Oh, uh, maybe not. No, I was just going to talk about how she deserves more credit for raising four boys. Yeah, and, and incredible. What, what went on, you know? Incredible. But you know, I had a hand in that as well. He was not home. Really. He was home a couple of times. Why yeah. does she get all the credit? We, we were four boys, thirteen years apart, so yes. we're pretty packed in together. You could imagine when we were in high school and primary school, there was something sports related on every night yeah. and all around Melbourne. Like you were driving everywhere and you weren't doing a thing. No, I was driving everywhere. I used to pick you up and drop you off at the school bus stop and go to school and coach your team and coach your basketball team and your stupid hockey team and oh, all the other things. You played play five hockey. games of football over five years. Yeah, well, I was there as well. Don't yeah. forget. What was the food bill in oh the pr- in the prime? Oh, put a, a lot put of a money. dollar figure on the now. And no, the, not now. Well, and the veggie might bill. But in relative terms, it would have been. Probably eight hundred dollars a week in today's value. Inflation. Inflation. Yeah, yeah. got to count for inflation. Yeah. yeah, a lot of money. Anyway, we can wrap up now. Yeah. Um, and every week when we have someone on, we usually do the the Grimly segment where you know we talk about people going above and beyond. Yeah. I don't think we need to ask Tanya. Because she she goes above. Because she's the above and beyond. Yeah, that's Grimleys. right. Yeah, absolutely. How about this morning? Oh yeah, tell us. This, this so is this going morning, above and beyond. This, this is this morning. I get a phone call at. Court to seven, um, ready to go for a walk with Knuckles. And, um, Knuckles is the dog, dog answer, yes. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's Jesse, the youngest one. Hi, Mum, are you up? I go, yeah, why? He goes, I am now. <laughs> I go, yeah, why? He goes, I've forgotten my work boots. And we got kicked out of home last night to go and stay with his girlfriend, so he's got to go to Fairfield. And he said, well, can, can you pop in the car and meet me at the Chandler Highway? Because uh, huh. I haven't got work boots. So in I get the car and I go there. <laughs> I said, well, if that was your farmer, you would have gone, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't, I don't have, have time, time for that. that. <laughs> I've got to be in Essendon at 9.30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, going above and beyond. Grimley's, thank you very much, Tanya. Um, go to grimleys.com.au for delivery you can count on. Have a great grand final week. That's all I can say. Go Pies. Go Pies.